Now, the Bobby Curran Show on ESPN Honolulu. Good morning and welcome to the Wednesday edition of the program. I'm Bobby Curran, along with Tanner Hayworth in between us. We'll try and bring you the complete world of sports, pros, colleges, high schools, other sporting events taking place here with the guests and giveaways and your phone calls. And let's get to it. 808-296-1420 is the number for calling or texting. If you have something, uh, we'd love to hear about it. We've got a number of topics we're going to get into today, but let's start with the opening round, the wild card playoffs in Major League Baseball. And there were a couple of very good individual performances uh, yesterday. Certainly Jordan Montgomery, the pitcher for the Texas Rangers, can take big credit. As someone described him, he made a great catch lumbering off the mound and uh, to snag a ball that really made a difference. Texas wins that one 4-0 in the first game. Remember, this is a best of three. This is going to be over very quickly. You don't have a lot of margin here. Uh, the other game that I thought was interesting was the Twins over Toronto 3-1. to Royce Lewis hit a home run in his first two at-bats. They weren't even sure he was going to play uh, or be on the roster because of an injury, which is interesting stuff. Now, Arizona and Milwaukee, with Milwaukee a favorite in that one, but Arizona's played yesterday like the way they did to start the season. They beat Milwaukee 6-3. to That's a That's a pretty... Pretty good result for them. I think they got to be thrilled about that one. Um, and also, uh, we saw uh, the, in this, the fourth one, Philadelphia over Miami, four to one. And that could have been worse um, because they got the guy thrown out at the plate and various things during that game that you would say, Meh, maybe the Phillies could have won by bigger score. But it doesn't matter. Only matters that you win the game. So that uh, wild card round will continue today. Uh, and somebody's going to wrap it up. You almost think of the four teams that won yesterday, is, are any of them going to win today? I bet you somebody does. Maybe two of them. Very possible. Okay, and I, we can talk about that a little bit. You may have questions or comments. Do you like the way the format is going for Major League Baseball right now? Some people will like it better than others, I suspect. But listen, this is what it is. They want to play as many games as they can. And uh, I always, whenever I see a guy that is performing so well like Zach Wheeler for Philadelphia uh, on the mound. And I think to myself, he could have been a Met still. You know, although the other guys for the Mets fell apart and now are gone. I mean, Verlander gone and and, uh, and what Max Scherzer gone. I'm like, geez, Louise, you would have been way better off hanging on to Zach Wheeler. Uh, but they didn't, and now it's a brave new world. So let's take a look at uh, at the games today. And uh, the Tampa Bay 
is going to host Texas. They can wrap it up. And uh, Toronto is at Minnesota, and I think Minnesota would love to get this one. They're going with uh, Gray on, on the Hill. And then Arizona's at, at Milwaukee. I, I think people would probably surprise a little bit, but now I would say advantage Arizona because they got Zach Gallen and, and that other guy that's really good. So they got two good pitchers, and they only have to win one more game. I don't know. I, I could see that. I could see that ending up with Arizona moving on, even though they were the underdog in the series. In fact, I would say it's probably likely at this point. Uh, Miami is at Philadelphia. It's going to be Aaron Nola, who's not quite the guy he was last year. He'll go against Garrett uh, for Miami. And I, that one, I don't know about. That could go either way. But uh, I, I was in Arizona for quite some time over the beginning of the baseball season. And uh, I have to tell you that there was huge excitement where the D-backs started. People got very excited about that. They got Corbin Carroll. Uh, they, have a, they have a couple of guys who are exciting players, and, that, and they really went after it yesterday. So give credit to the Arizona Diamondbacks. It's funny. People really like their baseball there. By the way, and by way of anecdote, I had my first ever experience at a minor league exhibition, at a major league exhibition game, which is sort of like, it reminds me of minor league baseball. They play in small parks. Uh, and I think all across the country, this has become a, a fabulous deal. I'm trying to remember what we paid for tickets. Wasn't that cheap? I want to say 27 bucks, 28 bucks. I mean, considering it's an exhibition game. And we went to see uh, the Cubs against the Diamondbacks because I have a friend from college who's huge. He's a Cub nut. And so he wanted to see that one. I said, yeah, he was going twice. And my other friend was going to go twice. I said, I'll just go to the first one. Thank you. Beautiful day. Uh, at the exhibition ballpark. It was great. I, I loved it. I mean, it was fun. Uh, very relaxed vibe. Well, people around us were heavily drinking beer, including my friends. I mean, the only one that wasn't drinking in that group is me. I'm like the designated driver now because my, uh, my recovery from lung transplant surgery requires abstinence. And, uh, and I figure, well, the in for the penny, in for a pound. I'm going along with the program. Anyhow, that's, uh, so that was all interesting stuff. If you have... Uh, something you'd like to contribute this morning, please do. And it's 808-296-1420. When I look ahead and try to predict who might end up as uh, as the World Series participants, I think that's a tough sled. I've already said I think Atlanta's got an excellent chance. But, I mean, they could lose to the Dodgers just in the National League. I don't think that's out of the wood. I think that's quite possible. You know, who do you think will be more motiv- the most motivated if it does come to an Atlanta L.A. series. I got to tell you, I think it's going to be Freddie Freeman. I don't think Freddie Freeman to this day feels good about it. I think he's happy to be nearer his hometown now. I think he's adjusted to it. He's had a terrific year. But he can't feel good that, about how he was sort of disrespected for a guy two years younger in, in Olsen. I, I just don't get that one. Um, and I, I don't think Freddie Freeman gets it to this day. A lot of people around the league had their, yeah, I know he's two years older, so what? He's really a good player. And he was a huge fan favorite in, uh, in Atlanta. So I think he will be incredibly motivated when, uh, when the Dodgers take the field. You can go ahead. Do you have anything? We've got to see a couple new managers uh, next year. Buck Walter is out with the Yankees. And who else got fired? Oh, it was, uh, was it Kapler? Gabe Kapler, he also got the yak. So, you know, who knows who gets these jobs? Doesn't it seem, I don't know if it strikes you this way, Tanner, 
But it really strikes me that it's sort of round up the usual suspects in Major League, more often than not. I mean, we almost always see a guy who's been elsewhere in the Major Leagues, and now he's, uh, now he's being resuscitated. They should put a sign on these guys, on some of these managers, do not resuscitate. Because some of them, and I think I would say Buck Showalter, although in the beginning of the year, everybody was very beginning now I'm talking about. People were happy that the Mets had Buck Showalter. That, uh, that went away very clearly when the season fell apart. Kapler, a lot of people liked. I, I don't know if he's going to be where he'll be or what. Will he get another job, maybe? I don't think anyone thinks he's a bad manager. I just think he wasn't a winning manager this year. And sometimes that's enough to have you gone. Will anybody, here's a question for you, Tanner, will anybody who loses in the playoffs lose their, any managers, if they're on the losing side, lose their jobs? That's a tough one, huh? I mean, I mean, who knows, right? But um, I, I think it's possible. I don't, there used to be, oh, oh you, win, you made the playoffs, so your job is safe. I don't think that's, I, I think the question now is how close did you come to meeting expectations? If you're not close to expectations, doesn't matter much that you made the playoffs. That's, that's my take on it. Okay, we got a couple things that I'm going to get to, but we'll do most of it after our first break. Do we have one this, this time around? Do you have a live read? Okay, oh, there we go. Let me just run through this right now. There's a new place to catch your favorite NFL games, the Lookout Food and Drink at Waikai in Ever Beach. Doors open early on Sundays at 6.30 a.m. Enjoy happy hour prices on the poo-poo and drinks from 4 to 6 during Monday and Thursday night football. If your team is losing, at least you can enjoy the breeze, the ocean view, the beach setting. We'll take a time out right back on the Bobby Curran Show after this. Welcome back uh, to this Wednesday morning edition of the Bobby Curran Show. want to welcome one of our favorite guests, Jared Bell from USA Today with us now. Jared, how are you? Hey, pretty good, Bobby. How about yourself? Not bad. I, you know, one of the things that I am uh, really amazed about is how different a team can look week to week in the NFL. I mean, I think a lot of people uh, yeah. feel like, oh, okay, the, the Dolphins, for example, they lay 70 on Denver. And they have trouble with the offense the following week and give up four sacks when they only had three given up previously uh, to the Buffalo Bills. I, crazy. Your thought? Yeah, yeah, it, it, yeah. No, oh, no doubt about it. And you know, not only week to week, but year to year. I thought about you, Bobby. When yeah. I was watching the Giants the other night. Oh my goodness! And it's like what happened? What happened to that team? You know, I guess the saving grace right now is that there's still a whole lot of football to be played. And it's so tempting to, you know, look at what happens in September or the first week of October and think that's what's going to happen at the end of the season. So, you know, give it some time. But to your point, I think this time of year you have a lot of inconsistency as teams are still finding themselves. Um, you know, sometimes it depends on when you get that matchup against that hot team that, that can make you look like a hot mess, too. And so, um, you know, we'll talk later on this season, you and I, I'm sure. We always do. Yeah. And we'll see where we are a month from now, six weeks from now. 
Because what you want is two things that I, I try to, you know, get a handle on. A, it's, it's consistency, you know, and B, it's completeness, you know. So if you've got a, a hot offense or a hot passing game, okay, you, at some point you're going to need a running game. At some point you're going to need to stop somebody. And so I think that's what you're looking at. So who's the most complete team in football right now? Uh, what? San Francisco? I, I kind of would go with Buffalo, San Francisco, Buffalo. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Buffalo, you know, to your point about what happened with Miami, it's I think the thing that was proven to me, because we came into the season thinking, and I, I, I drank the Kool-Aid too and thought the Jets were, you know, definitely going to win the division. And, you know, Aaron Rodgers gets hurt, so we know that made a big difference. But um, all that to say, you know, you thought the Jets one week, and then you thought the Dolphins, and, oh, yeah, by the way, Buffalo, yeah, their window's closed. Well, their window is not closed, and we'll see kind of how it progresses as we go on. And then look at Cincinnati. <laughs> but they got a quarterback who's hurt, right? you know? Right. So anyway. I don't know how you figure that yeah, one out. I mean, I, I think that's pretty clear that that a compromised Joe Burrow is not even close to what he's been when he's the good Joe Burrow. So I, you know, I yeah. take that with a grain of salt. I, I thought something interesting happened. Mike Mike uh, McDaniel, the head coach for the Dolphins, came out and it was sort of a defensive tour. He said, you know, he can't be responsible for lining up every one of the players on offense. He's sort of indicating that some guys weren't too sure of their assignments. And, you know, and although two is good at that, he can't get everybody. So I kind of yeah. think that Mike McDaniel sort of saying, don't blame two. We got a lot of other, if you want to point fingers, you need three hands. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, I watched that game and, you know, two just didn't have time to do squat. Right. Yeah. You know, every, everything that had worked for them in the first couple, three weeks, you go against Buffalo. And then, you know, you, when you talk about these teams in your division, who are good and they played you twice a year. And in Buffalo's case, they played Miami three times last year. I mean, they know you as well as anybody. Sure. And so, and not to mention just having a lot of talent and stuff. So, um, so yeah, we'll see where Miami is as we go on here. But, yeah, it, it's definitely shaping up to be uh, the usual high drama in the NFL. You know, I kind of think if you had to pick teams that are surprising – you know, on the good side, I might go. Well, one of them I might go with this is the Houston Texans. They look pretty good. Oh my goodness! Yeah, yeah, and you know they are so far off the radar. It's like, wait a minute, when did they get those red uniforms? Right. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> I saw that the other day. I thought. So I thought maybe we had expansion. No one told us about. <laughs> maybe. So you know, there was so much um, debate. At the you know during the draft in terms of C.J. Stroud versus Bryce Young, and um, you know C.J. Stroud so far has looked like the guy, but we're we're a month into it. Um, but yeah, you know Houston, when you think about kind of all that's happened with them and that franchise over the past, really I go back to like four or five years because remember, wasn't too long ago where they had Clowney and Watt and uh, and Deshaun and. and you know, they had so much D, D Hopkins. They, they they blew all that stuff up, right? And and so, you know, they've come in and just really Nick Cesario, the GM, and now D'Amico Ryan's the coach. They, they're definitely making some noise. But another team that's a surprise to me is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And, I mean, you knew that NFC South 
was going to be up for the you know for the taking. But you you know was it going to be New Orleans or was it going to be Atlanta? Well, look what <laughs> look what we have so far. You know, a month into the season, you got Tom Brady's replacement, Baker Mayfield. You know, running the show and and you know they, and they played Philly tough too. Even though you know the game seemed like a runaway, they they hung in there. So Tampa Bay is a team that I think, uh, at least for winning the division and getting into the playoffs, and, you know, they've got too much competition to start thinking, you know, whether or not they'll go deep into the playoffs. But sure. the Bucks have, have shown well for themselves so far, too. You know, one of the things you just can't calculate is how are you going to survive injury-wise in a season. And I think you look past champions and you find, man, they did pretty well in terms of injuries. And, for example, the New York Giants, I mean, without having – Andrew Thomas, I think he's their best lineman. And then Saquon Barkley, one of the best running backs in the league. It's a different team. And the rookie got hurt, that rookie center from Minnesota. He got hurt. So I yeah. just think, how do you judge these guys? I think it's it's very difficult. Would New York be considerably better if Andrew Thomas was playing and if Saquon Barkley? I think better. I don't know how much better. Yeah, yeah. those are key components, really, because – you know, you've got to move the ball and you've got to protect the quarterback. And, you know, those, those things are severely hampered. Um, Daniel Jones, yeah. I mean, how many sacks did they end up? Was it 11 the other night? 11. It was it Pete, I even, 11. Pete Carroll yeah. said he in his whole career he's never seen that. He's never had a yeah. team with double-digit sacks. When I, if I'm Daniel Jones, I'm suing. I know, because the, the poor quarterback, the, the knee-jerk reaction is like, they paid him how much money? Right, as if you it's know? his fault, yeah. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. He looks a whole lot better when you can get a little bit of blocking, yeah. And he's got Saquon in the backfield. So, um, you know, are they toast? I mean, you know, they're in a tough division, boy. They might be. You know? But I, I yeah, agree with you yeah. on this part, to this point, that there's no guarantee of anything. I mean, you just don't know. It could be a different team last half of the season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've seen it. Um, you know, you look at Detroit last year and how, you know, they missed the playoffs, but they stopped the Packers from getting to the playoffs. And they've taken all of that, you know, um, into this season. Had a great foundation. So, so now everybody's on the Lions bandwagon or at least looking at them as a team that's, a, you know, a serious team. So, yeah, it, it's a long season, you know, because I still remember – and I love to point this out, the time that the Patriots got blown out on opening day in Buffalo after they cut Loya Malloy and they lost like 41 to nothing or 38 to nothing or something crazy like that. Yeah. I, 31, I think it was 31 to nothing. Because Belichick's worst loss just happened the other day. <laughs> so they lost 31 to nothing against Buffalo, and then they ended up winning the Super Bowl. Another time the Patriots got clobbered in like week three or week four at Kansas City, and it was something like 44 to 14 or something like that. Again, it wasn't Belichick's worst loss because that happened the other day. But yeah, but it was <laughs> a know, bad one. Getting, yeah, yeah, exactly. They ended up getting clobbered at Kansas City, and then they won the Super Bowl that yeah. year. You know? Although so, I have to say, I didn't ha hold that much hope when I watched them uh, you know, losing 38 to 3 to the Cowboys, and I thought to myself, you know, maybe you're rethinking the Daniel Jones thing, and sure enough, in the second half, he was benched. Yeah, I'm not yeah, Daniel Jones. Yeah. You know what I mean. Yeah. Mac, you talking about Mac Jones? Mac Jones, yeah. of course. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so 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 all that to say, this will not be 
we would not be using that as an example. Yeah, they lost at Dallas, and then they won the Super Bowl because that ain't happening. For, 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 not not for this time. team, I don't think. But, you know, it's, it's funny. You wonder how long would a Bill Belichick stay around if they can't get back to a playoff level or, or close to that? I, would he still be interested in staying around? And you know what? That's a great question. I think so because of a couple reasons. One, I think he's got so much pride. I mean, he's 70-something years old. He, I think he's 70. Um, but, you know, I mean, so he's been doing it for a long time. You know, his legacy is, is secure. But I think he's got so much pride that he wants to stick it out and see and just kind of prove to, you know, to himself. This is just me talking um, that he could still, you know, field a, you know, a quality team that can compete again. But it's going to be tough because it just is. And um, I think the other thing that drives him a little bit, well, probably a lot, is that he wants to be the all-time winningest coach. And, you know, chasing Papa Bear um, and, and Shula. I mean, I'm sorry, sure. Papa Bear. Chasing Shula, you know, that's still going to take another, I don't know, three years A couple of years, yeah, at least. Yeah, yeah. So uh, is that enough to keep him driven? I don't know, but. Yeah, knowing him and his appreciation for history, I think that would be the you know the icing on the cake for him is to to go out as the winningest coach of all time. We're talking so, with Jared Bell from USA Today, a little NFL right now. I want to get your thought on this because some of these quarterbacks. Now, I'll give you an example. We don't give quarterbacks much time. You draft a guy high, you expect instant results, and it doesn't always happen. I I think anybody who watched the Jets-Kansas City game and paid attention to Zach Wilson in the second half would have to say, wait a minute, there's this real flashes here. We might have written this guy off prematurely. Your thought? Yeah, I think he got away, way too much love from Chris Collinsworth the other night. He definitely made some great throws, um, but, you know, that fumble cost him the game. And, I mean, and it wasn't a fumble where you got hit. It was just a shotgun snap. Um, I'm still of the opinion, like, how could this guy be the second pick in the draft? So I'm not impressed to the point where I'm ready to say, yeah, you know, this, this guy is, you know, destined to one day be a Oh, but a I'm, starter. I'm but not either, but I'm, I am willing to give him another look based on the fact that I'm seeing tremendous improvement levels. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, so you get that. And, and your, your your initial point about it taking time, I think that's the, the real um, substantial, you know, part of that, you know, part of the equation, no doubt about that. And, hey, look at Geno Smith, okay? Geno Smith, who was written off, he was, he was even written off after, you know, they traded Russell Wilson. People were like, okay, Drew Locke or draft or go get somebody. You know, people just thought Geno Smith was was done, right? And so all these years later, I mean, he, he's a pretty solid quarterback, right? That Well, no you question, know, yeah. but boy, did he get hot under the collar after that sideline hit. And he, he even yeah, had oh, the yeah. wrong guy. He thought it was Xavier McKinney. It wasn't. <laughs> it was the other dude. And, you know, the, the old thing, the other dude did it, but in this case it was true. <laughs> So he still has some growth. Stay in the game, Gino. <laughs> yeah. No, he really got himself worked up. And it looked he like he was right that close to getting tossed and doing something, you know, crazy. Yeah. But yeah, he, he yeah, he got it together. And, you know, they they let the Giants stay in that game because 
you know, remember they were down in the red zone, they go for it on fourth and one, and even though they got Kenneth Walker and they're running the ball well, they tried some little, you know, flare pass that was incomplete, so they got nothing there. Um, and then the Giants come back, and boy, they, so the defense really saved them with that that interception that did it, and all of those facts. Last thing for you, Jared. The last thing for you today is the San Francisco 49ers are playing the Cowboys. I think yeah. that game has typically been terrific, very intense. I, I kind of think that San Francisco might be a little too consistent for Dallas. Your thought? Yeah, I do. I think, and and one of the things that the Cowboys have had problems with this year has been scoring touchdowns when they get to the red zone. I mean, they've been they've been awful. I mean, you saw it. The, you didn't see it against the Giants, but you saw it the next week against the Jets, and then, you know, again against Arizona. So, I don't – yeah, I, I'm picking San Francisco. I'm actually going to that game, so I'm excited oh, fabulous, about that. Yeah. I think it's going to be – yeah, I think yeah, I think it's going to be a playoff atmosphere um, that's de- definitely going to, you know, reverberate, you know, throughout the season because when you start talking about, you know, the number one seed and all of that, um, that might be that game that we look back on and say, okay, this is where they – solidified it but you know just as we talk at the top of this segment bobby 49ers are so complete right they could beat you running they could beat you throwing they could beat you with defense i think that's the that's the problem for dallas but um the cowboys need to prove something to themselves as well because they got bounced by the 49ers in the playoffs the past two years but in both of those both of those games were relatively close games remember the one year before last where the clock ran out and, and you know, they, 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 you know, they, they muck it up at the end with their clock management. And then last year they had a chance to win in San Francisco, which I didn't give them a chance, but they actually, you know, played well enough that if they had a little bit more offense and, you know, Dak Prescott took a lot of heat as quarterbacks do for the, you know, for the, for the turnovers. Um, yeah. They've got something to prove to themselves. So, even though I think the 49ers will win, I'm going to have to pick the 49ers when we turn in our picks here in a little while. Um, you know, the, the Cowboys definitely have something to prove, so they'll be they'll be motivated to do that. I'm, I am absolutely sure of it. Should be great fun. Jared, thanks so much for coming on with us today. We'll have to check in with you in about a month and see if your prediction that how much things change comes to fruition. Thanks much. All right, my man. Take care. Jarrett Bell from USA Today. Hey, the next Craig Angelus show is October 10th and at 6 p.m. at Velocity of Honolulu on Kapilani Boulevard. Join Kanoa Leahy with UH Athletic Director Craig Angelus for the latest from behind the scenes in UH sports. There's food and drink available for purchase and valet parking at the MW Restaurant. Brought to you by the JN Group. Welcome back to this Wednesday edition of the program. Time to talk a little college football. You know, and I started this thing yesterday because I do think that Deion Sanders is getting a bad rap. And I'll just wrap up briefly briefly where we were yesterday on this. And I had just mentioned that I think Deion, you know, I think part of the issue is he's an African-American. He's pretty bold. He's got a ton of swagger. And that's okay. That doesn't that doesn't offend me at all. So I think that's, I also think he's overcome a lot. He's had a couple of toes amputated uh, and on some kind of uh, um, 
blood issue. I, I just think the guy has done a tremendous job, deserves all the credit. He has brought the Colorado football program, which was moribund, he has brought them back to respectability. There's no question about that. Yeah, Oregon and USC were too much. That shouldn't surprise anybody terribly that they are impact programs for a long, long time. And I just think what he's done with the, with the wins have been terrific. So we're going to see over time where he ends up. I'll tell you what, he's good for college football. That's my take on Deion Sanders. He's, he, he plays an exciting brand. He's not afraid to go after the best players. He was not afraid to go after the best players when he was at Jackson State, for goodness sake. I mean, he, that's, that's really something, I think, that he was able to have the success there, and now he'll have it, I'm certain, at Colorado. You know, he's probably, I think the way he put it, was he six or seven guys away? Uh, and that's probably right. And he, you know one thing, he's going go, to go find them, and he's going to recruit them. That's, that's what it is. And I also suspect, although I don't know this for a fact, but I'm guessing that he's got enough resources in terms of NIL funds to be able to command uh, or get attention from some really good players. And, you know, a lot of guys want to play for Dion because he was one of the best at his position. This is a Hall of Fame player. And, uh, and he, brings, he brings the swag to every practice, to every game. It's just who he is. And I think that, is, uh, that affects a lot of young players. Hey, want to remind everybody that M. Dyer Global, you can win a $1,000 cash grand prize and $100 weekly prizes in ESPN Honolulu's Pigskin Picks, brought to you by M. Dyer Global and Young's Fish Market. Visit ESPNHonolulu.com right now to register. We're going to talk about, I want to talk about a particular college player right now. We talk about some players... And I've heard the college coaches say some guys make a mistake. They, they've misevaluated their own ability. So they want to go up higher and they want to go to a higher level and believe that that's going to be the answer for them and a springboard to an NFL career. Not always the case. I just think you, ha you can look around and see that's not true. But I'll tell you a player for whom it may be true is Dylan Gabriel, who went from Central Florida to Oklahoma, and he is killing it. I mean, in the win... Over Iowa State last week, the guy throws for three touchdowns, runs for two more, and his team puts up 50 points. Come on. How do you, how do you overlook that? I think Dylan Gabriel has had one heck of a college career. And this season, who knows? I mean, they got that uh, Red River shootout with, uh, with Texas. If somehow Oklahoma wins that game, he's going to be on everybody's lips. You're going to see that right away. Everyone will be talking about uh, Dylan Gabriel. Uh, fun stuff to, to see. I, I love it when the Hawaii players do well. I mean, I think many people kind of, oh, yeah, where are they from? Oh, Hawaii. Oh, yeah, that, that, they, got, they have some good players out there. Yeah, well, they sure do. And I think that gets overlooked sometimes. Now, I, I think if Hawaii has a difficult year, and I'm talking about the Rainbow Warriors, which they're in the midst of, I think that, that colors things a little bit. Uh, then people are inclined to say, who, Hawaii in that little stadium? I mean, them out there? I mean, I'm sure there's some of that going on. But Hawaii's had some very good players, and if they hadn't been destroyed by the portal uh, two years ago, they, I think they'd still be really good. You lost some of your very best players there. I mean, guys like Mardner and Moosau. I mean, the, the list goes on. They lost a ton of guys who are very good players. Now, is that going to happen again? Let me just explain something, how it works. If, for example, Pofeli Ashlock 
continues to have a great season. He is a true freshman. I just think you can count on people coming after him. Just how it works. Guy, they look around. That's what they do. They scour guys who are exceptional at a lower level. He'd gotten hurt his senior year in high school. And some of the people who are looking at him kind of drifted away. And now, if they look at tape, they're going to say, holy God, this guy's improved. I do think he's going to get attention. And then that means what Hawaii's got to do, and any school in Hawaii's position has to do the same thing, you got to re-recruit guys. you got to re- you got to show them the love all season long. If they're working hard for you, show it right back to them. Because that can be the answer. That can be the way that you maybe hold on to some guys. Because if, let's just say, Pofeli Ashlock drew the attention of uh, Deion Sanders and started to look seriously at Colorado. Well, they've got, he's going to have fierce competition for playing time. They've got some tremendous guys there. And then, even though Pofeli Ashlock has speed, well, there's going to be guys that have more size plus speed. I mean, I'm not saying he couldn't play there, but I'm just saying the challenges are going to be great. And I just think that's the way it goes. If you will get yourself into uh, the portal and start to get recruited, it's going to be a different situation. Uh, and, you know, and the one thing we know, Hawaii cannot match someone who comes in and tells Pofeli Ashlock, for example, and listen, I'm not encouraging anything, and this is, this is big boy radio. This is the stuff that goes on. I'm not someone saying, oh, you're, you're kind of giving this guy encouragement to leave. No, I am not. I think sometimes you can better off where you are, where you're getting sufficient targets, and you can really show your wares here in, in the offense. I, that may not be the case if he goes to a place like, just for example, if he goes to a place like Colorado. I think he'll get more, a lot more money, but what does that do you any good if it doesn't advance your career purposes? The goal for a player as good as Pofeli Ashlock is to get to the NFL. That's where the real money is. I mean, I'm not, being, I'm not being facetious about that. The only guys that are making huge money in college are quarterbacks. If you're making 100 grand as a position player elsewise, now there, could there be exceptions? Sure. But I'm just telling you, the big money is going to quarterbacks, period. This is how it works. Got something for us? Go ahead and uh, give us a jingle if you like, 808-296-1420. And if you don't like, text us uh, your thoughts. I mean, we, when we look at how much success quarterbacks have had that have come out of Hawaii, um, and they're either uh, born and raised and played high school here or they played at the University of Hawaii, but, I mean, you could go a long way and not see the kind of stats piled up by the Colt Brennans or the Dylan Gabriels or Timmy Chang or some of the others. I mean, it's been fabulous. It has really been uh, an awakening, I think, and people are onto it. It's not a secret anymore that Hawaii's got good players and especially some good quarterbacks. I mean, Marcus Mariota helped start that off, and while now he's a backup, but I, when I talked to someone uh, in the Philadelphia organization, they were very much saying how this guy's appreciate. He is a team leader. And if anything happens to Jalen Hurts, I think they'll be well-positioned to bring in somebody that can – Make a difference for your football team. We got Ken on the line. What's up, Ken? Hey, good morning, Bobby. Morning. You know, I just want to tell you, I, I, your last comment motivated me to call in, and I gotta thank you. Thank you for for you right. You 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 run Big Boy Radio, okay, and for speaking truths uh, about 
potential threats with NIL. You know, there's a lot of people and, and fellow radio broadcasters and stuff who they don't want to talk stuff like that. You know, they that's the realities and the truths that people really know like talk about. Well, I think you're right. I think a lot of people avoid it because they think, well, that's only that talk is only going to encourage people to leave Hawaii. That I don't think that's true. I think Hawaii controls a lot of that. And and again, I think you have to just get used to a new sort of a new reality in the football world and that is you got to re-recruit your guys. You've got to show them the and, love. And you know what? That is, and that is happening all the way down to the youth levels. You know, there's certain high schools in the OIA that were doing quite well a year ago. And how do they go to being irrelevant? Because certain coaches move. They take players here. They take players there. And, and there's no NIL in high schools, but it, it's been happening, this movement. So those old loyalties and commitments to think like, ah, Ashcroft will never leave. Quit, quit encouraging him. Man, that's a bunch of shibai, brother. No. You know what's up. So... Thank you, man. Thank you for keeping it real, Bobby. Well, thank you. Thank you for calling uh, us up this morning, because uh, I think the point is uh, it's glad, I'm glad to hear somebody confirms that they know what's going on. If you look at the roster, I think the best team in high school football here by a large margin is Kahuku. Now, it used to be that Kahuku would lose guys to the Punahos and the St. Louis's and the Kamehameha's. That does not happen anymore, because here's what's happened. I, they have to now. They may get some financial help, but it's generally not complete financial help. So it's not going to cover the entire cost of attendance at at say a Punahou or you know I'm just saying for example Punahou or Kamehameha or St. Louis. And so I think what happens to a lot of people they they decide you know what we don't have to take an hour and 15-minute bus ride to go to school every morning. We don't have to be up at 5 o'clock to go to school. We can stay here in our community, whether it be Laie or the surrounding areas, and we can play very high-level football with good coaching. That's just the reality of it, and it's, it's started to take roost. I think it's going to be very, dis, very difficult for someone to really supplant Kahuku as the best team in the state. Some people say, oh, come on, this is recent. But look at the trends. Look at how look where it's going, and I think you know those players can can play high quality football in their own communities. That's very attractive. And does anyone think that if there was a time when players or lived in the say Mililani district or in that school district or the Orkahuku, and they would think, oh, I got to go private because they get all the attention? Do you think anyone's missing a stop to make a, if a college coach is in here? You don't think he's visiting the likes? of Mililani and Kahuku and probably um, Kapolei and some other places? No, they're not missing that. They get it. The good players are spread out here now. So I just, I get why, I get why that's happening, uh, why people are deciding to transfer back to the school in their community. And it makes a lot of sense to me. Let's do this. Let's take a quick timeout. We'll be right back on this Wednesday on The Bobby Curran Show. Welcome back on this Wednesday edition of the program. Can't tell you how much I am looking forward uh, to seeing that San Francisco 49er Dallas Cowboy game. You know, it's funny. You don't even hear much trash talking out of out of Dallas right now who are famous for it because I think they take a look. Last two seasons, they got bounced out of the playoffs by San Francisco. I, has anything really changed? I don't know. I mean, let's face it. Who's going to be the best 
the, the absolute best running back in that game is Christian McCaffrey. There's no question. There's nobody in Dallas who's close. Now, that's just my thought on it. Who's the best receiver in the game? Well, you have your choice. You could take, if you want to go tight end, pretty clearly in that game it's George Kittle. But if you want to go with a wideout, how about Debo Samuel? I think he's the best wideout in that game, the most explosive player. But I know that people still are not completely bought in on Brock Purdy, but you kind of start to got to change your thoughts on that because the guy has risen up and played. Shouldn't anything matter more than how you play? I think that's the key. It's really a big deal. I'm looking at a monitor right now which shows Brian Dayball sort of getting down on, uh, looks like he's getting down on uh, Danny Jones a little bit. Uh, I don't know why exactly. I don't know what the problem with Daniel Jones is. I think he's done, uh, considering he was sacked 11 times. I mean, does anyone think that was his fault? I don't, because he didn't have time to. He would get the snap in his hands and people were on him. He had no time to throw. I think people forget that, you can, and you can look around the league and see teams that lose two or three offensive linemen. That quarterback's not the same. It's how it goes. I mean, it's, it's a difficult thing to handle, uh, but if you're an NFL quarterback, you have to handle it. And I, right now, I think Dan, I, my opinion is Daniel Jones is earning every dime of that $40 million salary. Come on, sacked 11 times in a game? Are you kidding me? I mean, that can't all be the fact that Andrew Thomas and the center, that kid who was drafted out of Minnesota, who they really are high on, but he was out also very tough. want to thank... Uh, everybody who uh, weighed in with us today, and thanks to Tanner Hayworth uh, for his uh, good work here in the studio. Uh, stay tuned. Sports Animals up next. For all of us at ESPN Honolulu, I'm Bobby Curran. Aloha.